0: there, Liberty listeners. Welcome to the second half of Sadie Baudet of Tradlin's conversation with me. And we're going to really focus on community in this half. And of course, as always, get her advice and um, just squeeze all the goods out of her brain that we can so that you guys can use that in your own businesses. So Sadie, welcome back.
1: Hi, I'm glad to be back.
0: (laughs) Hi. (laughs) So, you know, we are going to talk about community, which I just said. And one of the things that I think when we talked about community years ago, it it meant something very different than what it means today. Um, It used to be just pushing out information kind of into the universe, sending your branding message and saying, hey, community, gather around this, gather around us. It was very one-sided Mm -hmm. And I think now consumers have really grown to respect, to even require more of a two-way dialogue with the brand. And I think that's mainly because of social media. What have you found to be the best medium for you guys, for TradLands, to create that dialogue with your consumer base?
1: Yeah, so although I have to say that it has shifted for us in the past year, which I'll touch on, um, we had we really always start we started and we like continue to have a really solid email marketing program, and through that program we do surveys with our customers a lot about products or their experience or what they want to see more of or less of, and. Um, we also create, I do a weekly link roundup every week where I'm sharing things that I'm reading or paying attention to that have nothing to do with trad lands. So we try to kind of build community around that. Like these are the types of things that women in this space tend to be interested in. And this is what I'm paying attention to. Maybe you'll be interested in it too. So we try to add value there. That's outside of just selling people clothing all the time. But I do think in the, especially in the past year, I mean, Last several years, but like really the big push in the last year has shifted towards Instagram. And that's been an incredible platform to be able to connect immediately with community um, to be able to have conversations very quickly about, you know, questions you might have for them or just gathering feedback or just to really stay connected um, and let people in on what you're up to and what's going on behind the scenes and, you know, who those customer avatars are. They might be very different than you thought they'd be, but you can really get a good sense and a good reading of what that is from Instagram, I think.
0: So you had mentioned um, email marketing, which I think a lot yeah. of people... Have forgotten about, and it's really the only way that we have to capture that person um, mm-hmm. in all forms of social they're free to sort of come and go and in email with email we've we've unless they unsubscribe we've got them, and we can sort of give them a very uh, direct um, bit of information, whether it 's we're having a sale or here like you said these links, this link roundup that you do, whatever it is what, um, you mentioned the survey piece Mm -hmm. when you're doing a survey. And I think a lot of us need to do surveys and we don't, and I'm talking to myself as well as the rest (laughs) of you. Um, what do you, do you ask open-ended questions? Do you do a survey monkey? What are some of the things that you're doing and have found success in that really warrant? someone taking the time to respond? Because we can send surveys, but if three people respond, that's not really enough data collection. So what what are the things you're doing that you've found to be helpful?
1: so when we do surveys, they're usually pretty specific. So we do a yearly survey. That's kind of just a general survey where we're asking everything from what do you want to see in our emails? What, um, what, you know, kinds of new products do you want to see? What do you love about what we're doing? What do you not love? I mean, we get pretty specific in the questions. Some of them will be multiple choice. Like why do you buy from us? What's the number one reason? Um, what, what, you know what products do you what specific products do you like to see more of you know usually we get pretty specific so that the answers are something that we can actually filter through and use uh, in the early years we used to definitely ask a lot of open-ended questions but sometimes it's harder to quantify that data so we tend to do a mix of open-ended questions and multiple choice, but we also try to do specific surveys that are about, you know, different aspects. So maybe if we're working on our fall collection, um, in, uh, you know, the winter of the season before, we might send out a survey like these are the products we're looking at making. These are the fra- fabrics we're looking at making. Which ones do you like? Which ones don't you like? Which ones do you like to see more of? So we try to really break it down into chunks that are digestible for us and also so those people that are filling it out can really focus on on what's being asked of them in that specific survey But that's something that we, you know, I think going back to what you said about email is I think uh, there's some people, especially with the like Instagram world right now, where, you know, email marketing is very much not dead for us. That's like the main driving force of the sales for our business. So we just try to utilize that as much as possible. And, you know, surveys is one way that we do that. Um, But, you know, now uh, with Instagram, we also put surveys up on there that give us a much more instant response. That's like, you know, you can do a Mm -hmm. a survey in your Instagram story and get a response within 24 hours. But we try to use the email as a way to like sink in a little bit deeper, you know, get in a little bit deeper with the customer, I would say.
0: So give me an example or give us an example of how you would post a survey question on Instagram versus how mm-hmm. you would do it via email. Because I I think yeah. you're speaking directly to this two-way dialogue um, mm-hmm. thing. And my gosh, customers now are informing like the next collection or a way that you might pivot yeah. or something you might add. So it's really, really meaningful for the the customer. Mm-hmm. But give us yeah. an example of both of those. So again, whoever's listening can jot something down and say, okay, I can translate this yeah. for my business.
1: Yeah. So if you were just starting out, for example, or you're in the middle of, I mean, I'm going to use clothing because that's what I know, but it could be anything. It could be food flavors or, um, you know, it could be any product really. If it was on an Instagram story, it might be, oh, we're thinking of making this shirt in yellow or pink. Which one do you like better? And that might be just a really simple thing you could ask. But in a survey, we might say, Like, this is our, this is our fall color story. Which colors do you like the best? You know, you, you know, we usually work within like the blue and gray tones. Would you like to see more of that from us? Why? What colors do you see most in your closet? You know, like we really try to like dig in a lot deeper and give people the space to kind of explain what they want from their own perspective and their own life. Because I think it's really important to sink into the understanding of what women, what, what will make them feel good, um, when they get dressed every day. And I think that's a little bit, we can get more robust on who that customer is and what they want and what their fears are and be able to deliver to them from the surveys we're able to do through email or through the, through, through links and email.
0: Yeah. I thank you for that. I think that's a Mm -hmm. really practical way that people can, um, do exactly what you're doing given their service or product and the utilizing two different platforms. And um, it's always good to get some like real information about how people Mm -hmm. are, are using those. So I think, you know, we are talking about social media right now, and you had mentioned that Instagram in this last year in particular, when you guys decided to really focus on it has been a great way to build community. And in the first half of our conversation, and hey, listeners, if you didn't check that out, go back and listen to that. But in the first half, you mentioned the word community a lot. You talk about it in terms mm-hmm. of responsibility toward the community to continue your venture, uh, to to grow the business, to even offer more yeah. products. Mm-hmm. So. What is it that social media in particular and let's just focus on Instagram since you said that was mm-hmm. doing really well for you and something you guys have invested a lot of time in this year. What is what are the things that you've done to really build that community? Like practically speaking, you're calendaring a Monday through Friday, perhaps even the weekend. Mm-hmm. What are the things that you're doing Um, successfully and even maybe share the not-so-successful things that are growing that community, that are making Mm -hmm. them feel like they're really connected to Tradlands, that they're willing to comment, that they're willing to post, that they're willing to share with a friend. Yeah.
1: So I would say that... What we've learned again through through surveying is what people really want to be seeing from us on social. And uh, Gary Vander Tuck, he's a marketer, has this book called mm-hmm. Jab 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 Right Hook. And jab, he talks jab. Of- I knew I knew you were going to say that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> um, where it's he- a great book.
1: Yeah, and he he really talks about how you can't just be selling, 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 selling p- to people all the time. You have to kind of warm them up or you have to create a journey for them to go on with you where they would want to purchase the product. And also, for us, we sell a slightly higher price point product because of how our product is manufactured and also the quality and the details and the fabrics. So that's something we really have to educate people on. So we try to do a mix of... Educating people about the products, giving them snaps from our day to day and what we have going on behind the scenes, because people do like to see that aspect of the business as well. And I think that we try to really ask people questions as much as possible to get a read of like what they're excited about. We also try to post things that have nothing to do with Tradlens, where it's like maybe photos of a trip somebody is on, or you know, um, uh. We also try to post a lot of photos of other community members wearing our clothing because style tips and seeing how other people are styling clothing is something something people have told us over and over again they want to see. So we try to do that. So every week we schedule um, where maybe on Monday we might have like a Monday mantra that we're thinking of that day where it's like a quote that's inspiring us or something that we've been posting in the Slack channel on our business that week. And then later in the week we might post on the Instagram stories a roundup of our favorite influencers or tags that people have um tag travelins with. So we'll we'll share that as a roundup. We also try to Or their
0: favorite podcasts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 just just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <Go ahead. Yeah. laughs> um and I would I would say that you know, for another example is we're, you know, we're trying to build out an affiliate program right now where we have never done wholesale before and we're trying to build out a wholesale platform right now. So, you know, you can post on stories like what what stores would you like to see us in? And people will direct message you nice. or reply with places that they'd like they think would be a good fit for you. So your com- community really gives back to you in that way, too, because <laughs> they're, they they're see a real you life
0: stockist. They sort of say, <laughs> hey, you need to be here. That's yeah. Awesome. yeah, So smart. And I I noticed we were just, we went on to stories just right now while we were talking mm-hmm. to you. And one of the things I love about, and, and I think more and more people are doing this on story, but you don't have to have this beautiful, you don't have to disrupt your beautiful feed to, mm-hmm. which is almost like a portfolio of who you are and your brand yeah. and your product and your personality. Mm-hmm. You can, you can add these other things that are Um, community building, but they Mm -hmm. go away, they have a short life. And um, so you're, you're getting the benefit of both. Is that intentional or is that sort of like, no, Stories is really doing well in terms of aggregating community. So we're just We just happen to be using that more. Is it both? What is it?
1: I will, I definitely agree that I think stories is great. Also, seems to be what people are much more interested in these days. Um, Like the popularity of the story aspect of Instagram just seems to be going through the roof. Where you might see, like, there, you know, I follow a lot of brands that I look up to for various reasons. And you might see that they post in their main feed once a week now, but their stories are just every single day. They've got 10, 15 stories up there. So I think. I think there's also a shift a shift towards, you know, in that community building as- aspect and talking back about transparency, where you're seeing the day to day of people um, very closely. So that's a big change. And going back to your original part of the question of what you think that we're not doing well or where we could improve, I think that sharing, especially as the business owner, I definitely struggle around putting myself in front of the camera um, showing the messier side of life. Mm-hmm. And I think it, when you're like comparing yourself to the other brands out there, it's very hard to mm-hmm. not feel like what you're doing is not good enough, or it's not cool enough. But I think that what I'm definitely trying to focus on now, and it, a lot of the push has been from our own team, which is so nice. They're so supportive is that I need to put myself out there more. And that's something I think I'm not doing yeah. a great job of for sure.
0: Yeah. I, hear that all the time too. And you probably see this as well. As soon as you do post anything of yourself, people are so interested. And you're like, what are you interested in? Like my life's not that interesting. I'm speaking for myself. I'm not speaking for you. But there is something about getting to know the brand in that intimate way, right? Like, yeah, sometimes I say I am not the brand. The brand is mm-hmm. its own thing. It's a combination mm-hmm. of all the people on our team. It's a combination of the vision and the sort of this kind of hopeful what we want to be when we grow up. But the but the reality is the soul of it relies in or, or lies in a human being. It mm-hmm. it's born of that. And I think people want to get connected to that, whether it's you as the founder or people from the team, they want they want to know that. They want to know who they're talking to, who they're shopping from, who they're who they're casting a vote with yeah. with each dollar? Yeah, they're saying, "I believe in you. I like you. I want, I want, I want you in my closet," kind of thing. And so <laughs> I, I get it as much as I don't do it. I really, really get it. Mm-hmm.
1: I also get it, and I think that and originally I. <laughs> something I didn't mention before is that I didn't have a cell phone for a few years like I got rid of my cell phone as a way to save money you know back when I had like moved in with family and as when a business
0: I, person you didn't have a cell phone or is this in college yeah I
1: um no like in in um like the first two years of Tradlands, I didn't have a cell phone
0: what? You <laughs> know how did you do What are you even saying right now? Um, we to, so we're gonna stop this episode <laughs> what how did you do that?
1: Um, well, I really just, d- you, you know, utilize like online platforms to be able to post and I didn't, I used a regular camera that I had and I'd upload everything to the computer and I didn't use, you know, I did, I didn't really, I just didn't use a cell phone at all. I mean, my friends thought it was like insane.
0: Wow. But well, at the no, time, yes, I mean, I'm now your friend and I think it's insane, but I would have said it was yeah. insane before I was your friend. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is mind-blowing. That's like very, like, pioneering 1700s. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, you just when told also... me you were making your own food. <laughs> yeah. When I, uh, when I did
1: get a cell phone, though, there was a huge learning curve for me. Like, everything had gotten so far ahead of where yeah. it was for me before I had gotten rid of my cell phone. I had had, like, a company cell phone, and then when I when I left that job, I just didn't get another cell phone is basically what had happened. It also isolated me from people. It was, like, not a good thing. One
0: of the things I would probably go back and change is, is, is having a cell phone. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> but, but in the same time, or at the same time, Rather, I bet there was in those early days, you were freed up to really focus on the business and be creative and be intentional and be focused where I think we get sucked into the rabbit hole that is social media, that is the comparison issue, um, feeling bad about ourselves because we're not doing whatever so-and-so is doing. And so, you know, maybe you were protected in some ways from from some of that in the early years, and maybe that ended up being a huge blessing. Yeah,
1: I would say that that has definitely been the biggest change is that I spend a lot more time on my phone now. And, you know, I have a rule where I put the phone in the drawer at 7 p.m. every night, so I'm not there, you know, checking the sales or checking how many people commented on the this post. Like, I do think that there is a unhealthy aspect to how much we're tied to our devices and as someone who spends like most of their day like behind a device um, I do try to find ways to like cut those corners as much as possible but it's it's contentious with the idea of having to be more transparent so I think that personally like Sadie personally I struggle with that aspect of like letting people in more where also it's also been something I try to like cut out a little more because I spend so much of my day in front of a computer. So I think there's definitely, yeah. uh, I struggle with balance there. I would say is a, it's a really, it's challenging for me. Um, and then also, yeah, that comparison game. I mean, that comparison game is like a the real thing, no matter how well you're doing, you can find somebody else is doing better. And, yeah, that part of it has also been hard, but I'm also trying to also to just follow people who really inspire me or I feel really connected to and not spend a lot of time um, looking at stuff that doesn't really benefit me mentally or emotionally or the business overall.
0: It's like a muscle. You really got to, you got to exercise that, um, kind of the ability to cut that out and just say, I can't, I can't compare myself. Mm-hmm. Somebody once told me, and I'm going to totally butcher it, but they said, remember when you fall into that comparison thing, would you trade everything in your life with that other person? Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. everything that's of value to you, would you trade with that other person? Mm-hmm. Because those are the things that make up your life. Yeah. And if you want what that person has, then there was, they had their own journey to get there. And yeah. that means you'd have to trade that journey. And the answer yeah. is usually, hopefully, no. I wouldn't yeah. trade my husband and my children and the decisions I've made along the way. That's not to say that there are some decisions that perhaps I would do differently or, you know, retrospect is, I mean, rather, hindsight is twenty-twenty. Um, But I think it's really it's really smart to look at the other person and say, well, that's their journey and this is mine. And so I can't, I can't assume that I would be, I would want what they have now because I would have to, I would have to change the, the journey to get to that. Yeah, I totally yeah. did butcher that. I but agree you with you. Point. Yeah, no, I
1: but I to- I totally agree with you. And I think the other thing I try to remind myself and to go back to our last episode, you had mentioned um, some of the things that have been happening in the news uh, in the past couple of weeks um, with Kate Spade yeah. or Anthony Bourdain that it doesn't always, what's on the other side for that person is like a human being having a human experience and it's never perfect for anybody. So I think the reality of what people go through and what we see on this like beautiful feed of perfect images, you know, that's just not real life. That's not how life happens and that's not how connection happens. So I think it's also realizing that that it's manufactured to look a certain way and then there, then sure. we are responsible for our relationship with those things.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like I like the um the responsibility aspect of it that you're just bringing out that we are if we're going to benefit from building that community through our brand then we also have a responsibility to be honest and transparent. Not mm-hmm. transparent in just the way it's manufactured, but in who we are and what it takes to get to this place and I think that's a really um, a really helpful way to to view that, especially social media, but just that there is a responsibility that comes with that. You had mentioned putting down the device seven o'clock. Mm-hmm. it goes in a drawer yeah. with regard to the community building piece of it, what do you think or even what do you guys do as a company that invite mm-hmm. community into a real life situation? We're hearing a lot more people saying there's a real need for conferences communities, yeah. you know, coffees, whatever it is, where we can gather and get away from from what we've created um, through social media in particular. Is there something that you guys are doing at Tradlands to create that community, that in real life experience with your consumers?
1: Outside of social media. Um, is, yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I think that it's really important and something that we have a much bigger focus on this year and next year is meeting people in person for sure. So we're going to be doing some pop-ups and, you know, we've done some smaller events in the past, but I think we're going to really be trying to do more of that. We have a remote team. And so I think that what we've come to see, because that was, that was, uh, we, we decided that at the beginning, because we thought that that would give everybody the most freedom to be able to do whatever they want with their mm-hmm. time and their life and travel and work from wherever they are happy to be working from. But it also, I think, is there are great platforms that allow us to connect with our, with our team and connect with our community. But I think that there's nothing like really meeting with people face-to-face and being able to connect with them. So we're definitely trying to do more of that. For us, our, our messaging and our content speaks directly to women who feel a certain way when they're shopping for themselves or what's something that is missing from their shopping experience. So I think that you initially create that connection there by speaking honestly to your audience about what you're fulfilling on for them or what's missing um, from, from their lives. And, you know, for us, like our customer service and our community building is as important to us as creating a great product. It's one of the main values at the core of our business, and it's the main value that we share with our team. But I think that actually getting out in front of people and seeing them face-to-face is really important because I think that there is definitely some aspect that's missing if you're, you know, constantly behind a screen and not actually connecting face-to-face.
0: Sure. What's what's something that you guys have done um, in your, you know, you just talked about this last year with Instagram as being so successful and then the yeah. tip on using InstaStory in particular – What's something that you would advise that our listener really do and really be proactive about in terms of nurturing a loyal following?
1: You know, for me, I would say talk to your customers, talk to your community, talk to your fans, ask them questions. I know I keep saying create surveys, but that's just been so valuable for us that I think a lot of other people would find value in that. We get a lot of our sales through referrals, which I think is because our products are great, but I also think that when things go badly, when orders are misshipped or late, if an order or product is damaged, I think it's important to own it, take responsibility. I think that builds trust and I think trust Mm -hmm. is what essentially helps build a community as well. You know, I think that there are things, too, that I would say not to do, which would be that was my next question. So, <laughs> great. What? Yes. What not to do? You know, I think that it's really important not to be a faceless e-commerce brand right now. I think it's important to have some faces behind the brand and let people in on who you are and who your who your team is. Something I, I will, uh, you know, I boned up to earlier, but I'll say I think we need to be doing more of, and we're we're trying to do more of that. And I think don't. Sadie, hide can from I this. ask you
0: a question? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Does what does that actually mean? Does that mean mm-hmm. there's going to yeah. be more pictures of you? Like, what does that actually mean?
1: Yeah. So I, so what we're trying to do is, you know, trying to do more pop-ups with shops and actually meet customers okay. in person. I think that we're, you know, we're, we're doing, we're in the process of doing a rebrand and a site design, and we're going to have a page that is devoted to our team and who they are. So people can get to know them a little bit more. Also, we've been sharing a bit more of our team through our social channels. So, you know, our team's favorite. Picks, how they're styling them, um, and letting people see what kind of goes on more in their day to day, and what their roles are in the business, and then that also does mean me stepping out more and being um, maybe more on the Instagram stories and saying, "Hey, this is what our day looks like," or we're on the fo- we're on this photo shoot set. Let me give you a little behind the scenes look at what's going on here. So for me, I think that that creates a sense of intimacy and closeness with every aspect of that product being designed and made and the people who create it so that's what I guess I mean a little bit more by not being faceless by having okay. some people who are behind the brand does that make
0: sense awesome sorry yes okay. and I interrupted yeah. you you were saying no 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 not, no, no, do, not so at go all ahead. sorry <laughs> yeah.
1: um I think the last thing I would say, and I've mentioned this before, is not to hide from the challenging or the negative stuff, too. You know, if you get a bad review or a comment that's not so nice, I personally think it's best to address it. And I'm not talking about, like, internet trolls who are being nasty or mean just to be nasty or mean. (laughs) But um, I think when your community is asking something from you, even if it's one person, to face it with grace and empathy. And, as an example, we had our first sample sale a few months ago and we put all the products up on the site and I went to go walk the dogs and it was supposed to go live at 8am. And I went to go walk the dogs at like 745. And I was like, I'll just put the products up now. (laughs) And everything sold out right away. And people were really upset. They were really, really upset because I said it was 8am and things went up at 745 and people who got a chance to shop at 745. It was a totally mindless, bad judgment, ball ball drop on my part. But I really just got out in front of it. And I said, listen, this is what happened. I'm really sorry. Um, And I sent an email to everybody. We made a bunch of Facebook posts about it because people were really upset. It was definitely the most content, like the most... um, Most challenging customer facing issue that's happened. People were really upset about it. But I really just shared what had happened honestly, and people were very understanding after that point. But I think if people had been as heated as they were and we hadn't really said anything about it or taken responsibility for it, I think that it would have definitely turned some people away to maybe never having shopped with us again or having a bad taste in their mouth going forward.
0: Sure. Can I ask you two specific questions about that? Yes, of course. So when you said I got in front of it, did you say I was walking the dogs and I pressed send 15 minutes early? Like you, Did you really tell the backstory yep. or were you just like, yep. we apologize that we did this early?
1: Yep. I I told the whole thing. (laughs) I said everything. I I was like, this is a photo of our, you know, I was like, this is a photo of my office. Here are the piles of, we had put together these little bags and I had posted a little photo of my dog standing in front of the piles of stuff. And I was like, this is what it's looking like. This is just me at my house trying to figure this all out. We had had a situation. One of our employees was supposed to be coming down to help me out, but her car broke down and she wasn't able to come. Okay. And Okay. So anyway, I, yeah, I got, I so really it wasn't was not So it. It's not a, it. an
0: excuse, but it's a, here's what happened. Like, here's the real story. And, yeah, they, and were, t- they obviously responded to that.
1: Yeah. And to make one more note is there were several people who were saying that people should be getting fired. And I, what I want, what I realized at that moment that it was that people didn't really know who we are. If they thought there was like a big team of people where people would be getting fired over someone like this, <laughs> like they were like, your developer should be fired. You're like, you know, there's like a big thing. And it was like, Oh no, it was just me. I'm the owner here. I can't, I don't know that I can fire myself. Yeah. Um, but I yeah. that the response immediately changed when we approached it that way, people were so much more understanding when they actually got to see behind the curtain and they were like, Oh, this is a much smaller operation than we thought it was. And I, we can see that it's just like you in an office trying to figure this out and that it was a mistake and it's not as big of a deal, um, as maybe it really felt like it right. was like, it felt like a major slight to them. I think.
0: Thank you for sharing that. I think that story is going to save a lot of us <laughs> some heartache. And it's also, um, it's good company to keep what we think we're the only ones have, that have made some of those mistakes. The second thing I wanted to ask you on that is, mm-hmm. so people are really mad. That mm-hmm. means they really love you, right? So the takeaway from that is they really, really love your product. They really want a piece of the brand. Yeah. Were you surprised by that did you know that if this was the first time you'd had that sort of contentious response to something you guys had done mm-hmm. was there something in that that was in the moment you were scurrying to try and alleviate their concerns i'm sure but yeah. afterwards were you like there's something kind of cool about this
1: you know it, it it was a hard morning when that happened but then by yeah. the end of the day i was like wow look at how much these people care. Like I really owe it to these people. And I say this all the time to my team and this is, this is, this is how I feel day in, day out. My, I don't get to live my dream. Our team doesn't get to do what we love to do without our community, without our customers, without our fans. It li- it doesn't exist. So I owe everything to those people. And I also saw where, Oh, I didn't, I didn't deliver on something that I promised them. And I see how like hurtful that was for their trust, but I see how I can rebuild that by, you know, by, by being a bit more vulnerable and sharing, what is really going on here. But yeah, I, this, the overwhelming sense I got was like, look how much people care or look how much people want to have tradelins in their closet when maybe they can't afford it at its regular price. We have these sales and that allows people who might have not been able to afford it to get that. How How important it is going forward for me to get that right for those people too. Um, So I felt a lot of responsibility there, but I also felt so grateful for all of those people that were there waiting to purchase in that way. I mean, yeah, it was just an enormous amount of care that people had for what we were doing, negative or positive. I mean, it really sent that message to me, for
0: sure. Could you offer those people any sort of value add for the next sale or Mm -hmm. a discount for, you know, regular price? Like, like how did you say, Mm -hmm. in addition to the apology, did you say? Um, And here's something for you, Mm -hmm. for your trouble or for your, did you do anything like that?
1: We did. We ended up offering a pretty big discount and we marked a bunch of stuff on sale and then offered a discount on top of that. It wasn't able to get to exactly as close as some of the sample sale pricing was, but it was, it was a pretty decent, it was a pretty decent offer for where, for, for um, the way that we normally sell our products and put them on sale. So that is something that we did. And also just recommitting to them that we learned a lot of lessons and we'll do better next time for them.
0: Sure, sure. Thank you for that. That's fantastic. Okay, I I want to spend more time on it, but I'm going to move on to the next uh, (laughs) two questions because we're running out of time. So what apps and third-party platforms um, have you been using? You mentioned Slack earlier that have really helped, especially with a remote team, that have really Mm -hmm. helped um, to just make life a little bit more simple and a little bit more organized
1: one of the biggest uh, tools for me is asana um i use asana for like my daily task lists and also for developing projects with our team and you can for anyone doesn't know it's a project management tool and you can assign tasks to different people and then you can be able to look back on that stuff you can add notes you can add you can add videos you can add photos it's a really robust system It's growing all the time. I love it. Yes, I mentioned Slack. That's something that we use for communicating with a remote team. I will suggest with Slack, if you do use it as regularly as we do, to exercise putting yourself away, uh, you know, out of office if you're working on a project because it can be distracting to be pinged all the time. Um, So there are some tools on there where you can put it in sleep mode or things like that. You can also... Link your Slack yeah. to link your Slack to Asana, um, which is which is a new aspect that's really cool. For our customer service management, we use Help Scout. We were using Gmail for a couple years, and then we switched to Help Scout, and that has just changed everything. That allows you to pull, it pulls in, we use Shopify, it allows you to pull in all of your customer data. So if you're emailing with someone, you can see the last times you've emailed with them, what their order history is, um, any special notes you have about that person, like maybe they have a PO box and they need a special special type of shipping label when their orders are placed. You can keep all of that in Help Scout. So um, I would definitely say Help Scout. A small one that I use and I find to be really helpful is an add-on called Flux, and it is an app that turns the blue screen to yellow as the sun goes down. So I ah. tend to be on my computer late at night. And sometimes I have a hard time falling asleep after I've been staring at the computer. Because the blue light from your computer or your phone screen is what... Um, keeps your eyes awake, um, that blue light. So it basically gradually makes your screen more yellow so that when you are done working, your body will be a little bit more ready to fall asleep. So I use that on both my phone and that. my computer. Those are
0: two new apps I don't think we've been uh, or we've heard about. That's awesome. And Liberty listeners, those will be in the show notes. So we got gotcha. you.
1: Mm-hmm. The last two I would say is um, we have to use Facebook for a business page, and I have to go in there sometimes to just um, you know answer questions, update posts, and I use a newsfeed eradicator for my personal um, Facebook so that I'm not when I go into Facebook I'm not distracted by what's in my newsfeed. So basically, it 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 completely removes your newsfeed and just puts a quote at the top. That's usually about productivity. <laughs> and then that way I, <laughs> I'm not distracted there. <laughs> um, uh, you notice all, a few of these are about distraction.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: And then also a smaller thing for me that I that I utilize and that's super helpful for me is just a daily gratitude journal. Um, I think it just helps set my day and put me in a good mindset for my day.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Those are great. Thank you for those. Mm -hmm. And I love that you ended with one that's an analog one, or could be. (laughs) Um, What is one bit of wisdom that you would love to list uh, leave our listeners with? I think you've shared so much around uh, community, especially as it relates to social media um, and being vulnerable. But what's something that, whether it's around community or around being an entrepreneur, that you would love to leave our listeners kind of clinging to.
1: Yeah. I'd like to say two things, if that's okay.
0: It is okay.
1: Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, One is that know there's going to be ups and downs. Sometimes that means more downs than ups and vice versa. And that's okay. You're not alone. It can feel really isolating when you're, yeah, a solopreneur, entrepreneur, a freelancer. So reach out to people, let them know what's going on in your life. And usually when you let people know what's going on, you'll especially not feel alone because they'll tell you that they're probably gone through the same thing or they're going through the same thing. So I would say that that's really important in keeping yourself grounded um, when it feels like you're riding this constant roller coaster, which I think a lot of business owners would say uh, it tends to feel like sometimes. And the second thing I would say is have your own back and learn to trust yourself. You know, you're going to get a ton of advice from all different people, but learn to kind of look where your head and your heart meet and figure out if that's how you feel. Because you, you know, most of the time, like you said, like human beings are the heart of a business. So I think as a business owner, it is important to find some, a place to navigate from your own intuition.
0: I love that. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Those are great bits of of, uh, information, wisdom to to leave us with. Now, we can't just let you off the hook because there's one more thing that we do. um, And you know this because you're a listener, which I love. I am. We're going to end with our quick six. I'm just going to ask you a quick question and just answer Mm -hmm. with the first thing that comes to mind. So do you prefer a nine to five or a flex schedule?
1: For sure, a flex schedule. (laughs) I love having a flexible schedule.
0: (laughs) Of course. And I, and, and just to be clear, we always make this clear when people say that this, which is almost all the time entrepreneurs say flex schedule, but it doesn't mean an eight hour day necessarily. Sometimes it's four, sometimes it's 20. It just depends.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I would say that, you know, sometimes it means working all weekend, but sometimes it means on a Friday, you just want to have a day off and
0: you can, you can create that for yourself. Yeah. And then do you prefer vacationing in the mountains or on the beach?
1: Although I have been going to the mountains lately and I've been planning trips around mountain, uh, going to the mountains, I would say that I'm definitely a beach person. Um, I think that the ocean for me is very calming. It reminds me of being at the beach as a kid and just feeling carefree and it's nostalgic. And I quite often, if I'm having a tough day, I drive to the ocean and I just sit. And it feels okay, like. So,
0: where are you now that you drive to the ocean?
1: Uh, I'm in Oceanside, uh, California.
0: Okay. Right now. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so you're close by. Okay. Yeah. And um, do you prefer working from home or an office?
1: I definitely prefer working from home, so I can hang out with my dogs. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> um, th- th- given uh, yeah. the story that you told that's sort of funny um yeah. and I love it yeah. <laughs> um and then do you you know again you know this uh, this is the hardest yeah. question that I asked do you prefer Thai or Mexican food
1: <laughs> um although I enjoy both uh I would definitely say Thai food <laughs> is my favorite food um I've been to Thailand a few times and I, oh, nice. um, I ate Thai food for three weeks and I didn't get sick of it
0: once. I love it. Um, so much. Yeah. That's impressive. That's <laughs> impressive. I'm a big Thai fan as well. So I get it. Does it have to be spicy or are you, are you it's, cool? I, if it's all not? of
1: it. Yeah. Like it's spicy, yeah. um, all over the place. Yeah.
0: That's mm-hmm. awesome. So if you're ever up in Pasadena, we'll do, I'll take you to my favorite Thai place. Um, oh, I would love that. And it, you can have it all always. Um, and then, you know, this podcast is called Liberty Sessions. Our URL is Liberty for Her. The brand is Liberty. We're all about this concept mm-hmm. of sort of finding liberty through taking your own path, your own pursuing your own venture. What does it mm-hmm. mean for you, uh, Sadie, to be liberated?
1: I think that it means being liberated means the freedom to choose, freedom to be everything that you are and everything that you're not. And accepting all of that—that's what I think it means oh, like to me. The
0: accepting piece of it. That's <laughs> something that often—it's something we're striving for, in, in mm-hmm. instead of something that we're um, content with in the present. Mm-hmm. So, thanks for adding that. That that one word makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that, and thank mm-hmm. you for spending time with us. I've so enjoyed talking to you. We're fans of the brand and it's fun Mm -hmm. to get a little bit of insight and a a behind the scenes look. So thanks for your time today, Sadie.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm just grateful that I could be part of this awesome community
0: you've built in a small way. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks. And Liberty listeners, stay tuned. Again, if you're listening to this episode and haven't listened to Sadie's first one, go back. You don't want to miss any of the goods and we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Liberty Sessions is broadcast on all platforms. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review Liberty Sessions on Apple Podcasts. It helps us to know if these episodes are inspiring and equipping you to launch and grow your own ventures. You can also find us every day on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, at Liberty For Her. And please leave a comment using the hashtag Liberty Sessions. We want to hear your thoughts, suggestions, and brilliant ideas. Liberty Sessions is produced by Netta Jones and Elizabeth Windham and music by Jordan Flower.